Did you know that banging your head against the wall for one hour burns about 150 calories? We've got lots of crazy facts and more coming up. We got lots of info. Let's rock and roll. It's Did You Know with Rhino. Hello and welcome to this episode of Did You Know with Rhino. I'm Rhino. This is my show. I know exactly what you're thinking. How many calories do you burn during a heavy metal concert? In today's episode, we're going to have lots of fun, and you might even learn something. So without further ado, let's do this. In this show, we talk about all sorts of crazy stuff and randomness, but we don't do it alone. So today, we'll be crazed with a special guest. Now, our special guest, I have known for quite some time. Um, We've done all sorts of crazy randomness together. In fact, I believe I married him. Well, I'm not married to him. I just, well... I officiated over the... Anyways, uh, our next guest right here is going to be none other than Mason Howard. Hello, hello, hello. So how are you, sir? Uh, as well as I've ever been. But are you as well as you'll ever be? Probably not. I've got a lot of life to look forward to. I hope. That's fair. That's fair. What sort of awesomeness have you been up to lately? Um, same sort of stuff that I do a lot of the times. Work. Uh, video games, spend time with my wife. And for the kids at home, tell them, what do you do for a living? Um, well, for the most part, uh, I work for a large company in warehousing. I do a lot of, um, uh, inventory control, receiving, uh, making sure that all of the people who bring the product that we store get paid for that product. Sounds complicated and a little bit taxing at times. It is, but it's a living. Right on. That's that's fair. Uh, so that gives you some time afterwards to have all sorts of fun. You said video games. Yes, what sir. have you been playing lately? Um, well, we're coming up on the end of season three of Destiny 2 as the next expansion is coming out. So I've been playing a lot of that recently. Um, I'm also looking forward to the release of Fallout 76. I've got a lot of friends that are going to be playing that with me. Now, the Fallout 76, um, does that happen in some like alternate 1976 or is it like 2376? Does it have any meaning that we know of so far? So the 76 is, is explicitly in reference to the vault number in the game. Uh, so it is the Vault 76, if you know anything about Fallout lore, which based on the people who listen to this, I'm certain that they have at least an inkling. Possibly. Who knows? Um, but it is set um, at the uh, English, if I could words, um, set approximately uh, 30 years after the atomic war that destroys basically the entire world at the 300th anniversary of the founding of the United States. Yikes. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That, that sounds intense. I could see why there's so many of them, because you have post-apocalypticness, possible like weird creatures, and probably a whole bunch of guns. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I have only played one of them, but I may have to try this one. It sounds like lots of fun. Uh, well, the thing about this one is that it's very different than a lot of the ones that have come before. This one is exclusively an online multiplayer game. That sounds intense. Yeah. Also sounds like you have to share. A little bit. 
Um, they've said that there are going to be no or very few non-player characters, computer-controlled AI in the game. It's mostly going to be players interacting with other players. Uh, it means I have to play well with others? Bummer. Well, yes and no. <laughs> if you get a group of people together that you like well enough, you can run around and, I don't know, find a missile silo and maybe nuke somebody. Okay, you're right. That might be a good time. Uh, so speaking of good times, um, I think it's now time to go into our first segment of the episode known as Ryan O and the Mailbox of Doom. Sounds like fun. It's not quite an Indiana Jones episode, um, but that would be kind of cool if we were Indiana Jones 7 and the Mailbox of Doom, where he's too old to go anywhere besides his mailbox. As long as it's better than Crystal Skull, I think we'll be fine. I think anything would have to be. Uh, for example... Um, <laughs> Here we check out all sorts of awesomeness. On the Facebook page, we asked you, the viewers, listeners, that's more like it, who your favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe villain was. And for a lot of things... Fun questions. Yeah. We got, um. well, who is yours? My favorite MCU villain? I mean, it's going to sound cliched, but it's definitely Thanos. Which is what I got a couple of times on here. Um... We got people... Why do you love Thanos? Well, from from the perspective of someone who enjoys the comic book version of Thanos, uh, I think that they've done a good job of translating the character to the big screen. Now, they left out some of the more traditional character traits. About um, him loving death? Yeah, because death is personified in the comics, and, well, she's not in the movies yet, but we've got Deadpool movies, so who knows? That's fair. Uh, on the, the pages... Looks like we've got people liking Killmonger, um, Hela, Grandmaster, Loki, a lot of Loki, Loki, Thanos, more Thanos, and then Vulture. I mean, all of those are good. Vulture is a little surprising, but the rest of them make a lot of sense. Killmonger was basically uh, just another hero that just happened to be the villain of that story, so I get why people really liked him. Uh, Hela was cool, Loki is, well, he's Loki, and Thanos is the big bad that destroys the universe. Which is absolute fair. Uh, in the past episode with your wife, she and I talked about uh, Red Skull, Red Ooh. Skull being one of my favorites. Red Skull's pretty cool. Uh, I was happy that he got to make a cameo uh, as the Guardian of the Soul Stone. Uh, spoilers. Sorry, guys. So, so yeah, that's definitely a thing, and... Um, if you want to participate in any one of our things online, you could email us at didyouknowryano at gmail.com. You could go on Twitter. We are at didyouknowryano. And on Facebook, we are known as Did You Know with Ryan O. So that brings us out of the mailbox, Doom. Looks like we survived without being chased by a giant, what would it be, a giant envelope? Yeah, probably rolling at us. Uh, maybe a bill. Maybe a bill. That's not quite a law yet. Not quite. But he's Just going to be someday. Sitting there on Capitol Hill. Yeah, he wants to be a law someday, but he'll hope and pray that he will. Just a bill on Capitol Hill. You're a terrible human being. That's fair. That is absolutely fair. So now we're going to go into our next segment, which is known as the Word of the Week, which is ironic because we record every other week. Anyways, this is where I tell you the word, and you have to try to guess what it means or, or and or how it originated. Okay. So this week, it is chart. Chart. Yes. What does it mean, 
and where did it come from slash when? I mean, I would say that a chart is, well, any kind of representation of some kind of formula, a graph, I guess, or it could be some sort of uh, geographical map. That could be a chart. Um, usually something that describes something else. Um, the word probably originated uh, from the French word carte, uh, C-A-R-T-E, which means paper. I would, that's, that's my guess anyway. That is 100% correct. Uh, the first uh, recorded, ironic because we're recording on you know maps and charts and stuff, um, was in 1570. That's when they used the, the word. And it came from Latin and French, meaning paper or card or map. Well, the more you know. That's right. Good on you. Uh, so now we're going to have to go into our, I just can't believe he guessed it 100% of the way. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. So we're going into our next segment called I Can't Believe That's a Law. This is where we're going to go into and discover the craziest laws that exist in this country, but probably shouldn't. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what the law is, and you're going to guess where it came from. I can do that. All right. Maybe. Well, we're going to find out. So the law is you are not permitted to roll or throw or move any boulders on any public property. Any boulders on any public property? I have no idea. I'm going to guess Colorado because Boulder is a city there, but that's just a random guess. Well, your ge random guess is 100% correct. Really? Yeah, I know it's a Boulder statement, but it's absolutely true. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah, so if you were to take a giant rock, if you didn't want it to be, you know, well, it's a public place. So yeah. It's not even like private property, but it's no, public No, it's just property. public rocks. You're not allowed to move them. Are they afraid that it's going to fall on somebody or... I, I mean, I doubt it, but you never know. There's a lot of crazy things that go on in that state. That is fair. Uh, when you're in the high altitude, things change quite frequently. Well, among other things. The high altitude. Right. Yes. Um, so with that said, my friends, we're going to move on to our next segment called Only in Florida. This is where we talk about stories and things that are so ridiculous, so crazy, they can only happen in the swampland known as Florida. Uh, so this week, the, um, the thing that I found, the tagline, or I should say, the title of the article was, Good Samaritan Takes a Stranger Who Shot Himself in the Penis to the Hospital. Uh, what? Exactly. So, let's break this down. Good Samaritan. All right. Nice guy. Yes. Takes a stranger. I mean, good Samaritan, that's kind of the whole deal. Yep. Who shot himself in the penis. How? And then to the hospital. Which is, I mean, good Samaritan takes a stranger to the hospital. That's a good headline. <laughs> takes a stranger who shot himself in the penis. Was it, was this one of those guys that just like has their gun down in the front of their pants so they look like they're like a hard gangster? Like, come at me, bro. I, I would hope that there was some logical explanation, but then again, it's Florida. You're not <coughs> wrong. So it turns out that a man ran into a house of a woman in Jacksonville. Okay. He claimed he'd accidentally sat on a gun in his car and shot himself. 
Shouldn't he have had the safety on? Should it have not been loaded? I mean, what is going on here? I'm not quite sure, but you're right. It should have had that. Um, you should always have a safety on. Yeah. If Put you're it not, in a holster. Right. Or somewhere that is not in the seat of your car where you're going to sit on it. Glove box sounds about right. I mean, if you have a concealed carry, that's where it's supposed to be. Or maybe under the seat. That's a thing. People can do that. I know the laws are lax in Florida, but come on. They're, they're not that crazy. So it, it turns out that they found out after they got to the hospital, they found out that he had a cocaine possession conviction from 2004. Okay, now it's starting to make sense. Yes. And now he will most likely go to jail for unlawful firearms possession. I mean, of all of the things to go to jail for, having to tell everyone, yeah, I shot myself in the dick. Uh, that's just, I I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah, but, it, you know, he went up to this woman's door, so I'm trying to think of exactly how this conversation went. Knock, knock, knock. Hello, madam. I seem to have shot myself. Will you please take me to the hospital? Meanwhile... The leg of his pants is just getting more and more red because he shot himself in the... Yeah. I can't. Well, well, based on my current thought process, at least he was polite enough not to be a dick. Well, or have one at that point. I reiterate, you're a <laughs> terrible human being. <laughs> That's fair. It's what we do here. Um, so with that, that was only in Florida. We, we've seen all sorts of crazy stuff. Like last week, we talked about a um, a chop shop for golf carts. A chop shop for... That is something that you would only find in Florida. Yeah. And if you haven't heard that episode, it's right here. You should <laughs> definitely go listen. It's, it's ridiculous. And speaking of things that are ridiculous, um, we're going to go into what is Ryan currently reading or watching? What are you reading or watching right now? So... I have the Marvel Unlimited app. Right. So that means I can read any back issue six months uh, old and older on my phone. Which is cool. I like to read comics on my phone, especially um, while I'm on break at work. Um, it's not that I'm trying to be antisocial. It's just that sometimes I just don't want to talk to people and you have a very social job sometimes you need a break yes and escaping into a different world uh the comic book world is awesome cool so what comic are you reading right now um it's known as uh, standoff it's uh, i read event series okay and when you break it down into events they'll they'll give you like agents of shield number two agents of shield number three and then like avengers number eight avengers number nine okay so um, this one is known as Standoff. All right. Um, in this one, the the Cosmic Cube that in in this in their universe the Red Skull had. Okay. Um, Captain America broke it up into pieces, and the right. pieces were held by a Shield. Okay. And so apparently the, those pieces became sentient. That seems dangerous. It was, and because of how dangerous it seemed, um, information was leaked about it by an individual known as the Whisperer. And right. information got public, and they started shaming S.H.I.E.L.D. for all this. And um, But we found out that there was a prison that was created um, known as Pleasant Hill. So it's standoff on Pleasant Hill. That's the entire uh, story's name. That sounds... 
actually kind of fun. And so Pleasant Hill is a giant city underneath a um, special dome that no one can get out of. And it houses all these prisoners that because of the cosmic cube, they no longer know who they are. They're like, like you might have, um, let, let's, so give me a random, random villain's names, any random villain. Uh, vi- uh, Venom. Okay. So, so Venom, he might believe that he's the post office guy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a job that Eddie Brock would have. Or, or like, um, Electro might just be an actual electrician. I mean, that's a little bit far-fetched. But, but still, the, the, the point is that they changed these individuals and made them, um, like, they, they changed their, their looks, their, their minds, their, their thought process in order to house them in their city that's like Pleasantville. Like, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? So, like, the Stepford Wives, but with villains. Exactly. That's what it is. It's the Stepford Wives, but with Marvel villains. Cool. Well, but of course, it doesn't all go according to plan. It wouldn't be a Marvel comic otherwise. So that's what I was reading. That sounds like a lot of fun. I Because w- it leads into Civil War 2. Ooh. And I'll get into that sometime later. But this all happened after Secret Wars from 2015. Right. Which is where um, Doctor Doom um, basically took every single universe that existed right. and splintered them together into a single planet. Right. It was... Doctor Doom and um, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yeah. yeah. And, and so then, this is the aftermath of uh, there only being one universe now. Okay. I mean, Marvel's gonna do what Marvel's gonna do, I guess. And it's been fun. Uh, the The new Iron Man um, issues are fantastic. In uh, one point, he created an app where everyone was gonna be youthful, but you had to keep on paying in order to look charming and handsome and youthful. This is, of course, it, it gets really weird, but it's kind of fun. How old is Stark by now? Um, I So this is a conversation I've always thought about. Um, like Batman, he, he seems to always be about the same age. Kind of like when you're hearing stories of Jesus, he seems to always be about the same age. Like, like uh, late 30s, mid 30s? Mid 30s. Yeah. So I'm going to say Tony Stark is about 38 forever pretty much superheroes yeah captain america's 90 something yeah but he's actually like 30 something exactly so he's like 38 superheroes yes that's what's up so besides that i've been watching a, a lot of uh, rick and morty i hear good things uh i tried to watch it and for whatever reason couldn't get into it i should probably go back and give it another chance uh i've been told that it would be my kind of show it is indeed 100% your kind of show. You just got to really give it a moment just to relax and enjoy. I'll take your word for it. Well, because you, you, um, you have Morty, who is this young kid who's not really bright. Right. And then you have the, his, his grandpa. Rick. Yeah, who is a, a genius. He's an inventor, and he travels through dimensions and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like Doc Brown and, and Marty McFly. It's Back to the Future, but for a modern audience. Exactly. And that's that's kind of awesome about it. Like they, so in one of the episodes, um, they try to make, they're tired of not uh, understanding their dog. Okay. And so they try to like figure out what their dog is thinking and get him to actually go to the bathroom where they want him to. So they make him a little bit smarter. Okay. And so then he starts speaking our language, and he gets even smarter than he should ever be. 
Okay. And so with that, what do you think is going to happen? What's the worst case scenario if a dog becomes too smart? I mean, I really don't know. There's plenty of things that could go wrong there. Taking over the world is what he tries to do. I mean, that seems like a fair thing. And um, recently, before that, there's there's a bit... I'm, I try not to... Not to spoil too much? Yeah, but there there's a bit about... Um, about fixing dogs, and it really sets them off. It's great. Hmm. I uh, I guess I'll give it another shot. Then. It, it's pretty cool. I I recommend it. So Rick and Morty. Um. So you what? You've been playing uh, Destiny Two. You said yes. Mm-hmm. Um. I've been playing Marvel Future Fight. How is that? That's the phone game, right? It is the phone game. So Marvel Future Fight. Um. You have to gather up more and more. Um pieces of characters in order to collect them and then build a team and level them up. It's like the ultimate RPG, but on a phone. Okay. And so then you can fight against other teams from across the world. You can do different missions. You can unlock different things. And I just like unlocking characters. Sounds like a fun time. It is. One of my favorite teams I've created has a war machine, but his, you can change his costumes too. So his costume is from the uh, Infinity War. Mm -hmm. And then I have Winter Soldier from from Civil War. Okay. And I have um, Falcon as Captain America Falcon. That sounds like a really fun team. It's pretty cool. They go on to different missions and you can see them fighting frost giants or fighting little tiny like ants and stuff like that. By the way, Marvel, perfect sponsorship opportunity. I know you're listening. They're always listening. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so that's what I've been uh, playing. Besides that, uh, we're watching Charmed. That was uh, the, the, was that like a CW 13 show? It was a CW, um, the, the, yeah, the witches. Yeah, I remember that show. It was weird. It was a weird one. But it, it still holds up. That's good. We're on season four now, and it still holds up. God, there were four seasons? There were eight. <laughs> I know. It, it was fun. Um, So now we're going into a new segment that we've never done on the show. But before we do that, we're going to hear from a word from our sponsor. Did you know with Rhino? This episode has been brought to you by Everyday Cosplay Finds. Ever wanted to show off your favorite character or group of characters, but don't see things online that match your style? Then check out Everyday Cosplay Finds, bringing cosplay into your everyday. Go to etsy.com slash shop slash everyday cosplay finds for more information. And now back to our show. So our next segment, brand new to the show, is called Beer Today, Gone Tomorrow. So, what is your favorite alcoholic drink this week slash month? I mean, probably the same one that it is always. Margaritas. Right on. What is that, Brain? <laughs> Margaritas. Um, what is your favorite style of margarita? Um, probably just a classic, traditional... Well, I don't know about traditional. Just a classic margarita. Um, so, with your basic sweet and sour mix? Yeah, sweet and sour mix, orange liqueur, lime... And plenty of tequila. Right on. That sounds amazing right now. 
Yes, yes, it does. We might have to do that shortly. Uh, my drink of the week, since this being uh, the end of August, is Oktoberfest by Sam Adams. As it should be. Because that's my favorite style. Mars and beers make me happy. Which is good. Just good. What, if you don't mind my asking... Oh, sure. I don't know much about beer. Okay. What is a Marzen? Um, it's it's malty with caramel. I can get behind that. So it's, it's more like a, an amber. Um, amber being a little bit uh, more, more of a darker taste. Not quite as dark as a stout. Also more fancy words so it's it's not very light it's not extremely dark it's somewhere in the middle but it has like a, a maltiness to it with caramel hints that's the best way i could describe it well, again i can get behind that yeah we'll have to next time we have you on we'll have to see if you could actually try it and give us your uh, thought processes well we'll see about that that's that's fair um and so now our next part of the show is called the did you know fact of the week where we talk about Science! Science! So, every second at the Large Hadron Collider has enough data generated to fill more than 1,001 terabyte hard drives. That is a lot of information. And I'm not actually surprised by that number, uh, based on what I know of how ridiculous particle physics is. It's, according to the information I've got, it's... uh, more than the information in all of the world's libraries combined. Yeah, well, when you got to know what's going on at the very smallest levels of fundamental reality, you're going to need a lot of data. Do you remember back in the day when we first um, had like hard drives and flash drives? Is this is this where you trigger the like flashback noise? <laughs> woo, woo. So I'm going to go ahead and make a purchase of a flash drive. Um, I think it stores information. Uh, how much information can I have on said device? Uh, like, maybe like two meg. Whoa, that's going to be like four songs. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Are you going to buy it or not? Definitely. Uh, I can't wait to hear what the future has to bring. Woo, woo, woo. So. Man, that was weird flashback. I know. And at some point, the, the flashback person was from California. Weird. Indeed. Uh, so thinking about all the information, how long would it take a human being to read through all that information? More than is in all of the world's libraries. Yeah, man. The, so just the one <laughs> second's worth of data. Uh-huh. Uh, well, definitely more than one lifetime. 10,000 years? I like it. Sounds like a party. Um, or they could watch a whole bunch. Well, it could be a lot of movies, too. I Yeah, just watch 10,000 years worth of... How many... How long... That's a fact you need to get for next time. How long would it take you to watch all of the movies ever made played back to back? That's like determining how many licks it'll take to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop without biting. We'll find an owl then. That's fine. We will ask the owl of the library and then figure it out from there. Next week, folks. Owl of the library. If you're listening, please let us know how long that would take to watch all of the movies that ever existed back to back. Well, you'd have to take some sort of breaks in order to use the restroom and eat. Well, 
You can just have it on the background. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's as long as it's playing and you're vaguely paying attention, I think it's fine. And especially if the movie's like Sharknado 5, or was it Sharknado... Hey, that is a classic masterpiece. <laughs> fine. Sharknado 3. All right. I will give you that one. Yeah. Uh, so that is our fact of the week. So now what we normally do in our episode is we turn things over to our special guest, and he's going to talk to us about some things. So Mason, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, well, I thought, being the big nerd that I am, we'd talk about some of the uh, current and upcoming missions at uh, NASA, the things that we're doing to explore our little corner of the universe. Very cool. Now... When did your uh, appreciation and love for space travel begin? I was very, very young. We're talking formative years. I remember when I was a child, uh, my... I don't remember who it was, actually, that got me the book, but I had a... essentially what amounts to a kid's book of astronomy facts and just cool stuff about space and the universe and like it had in it there was like a page of relative star sizes and like so it had the the earth you know on the one little side and then the smallest stars which are white dwarfs sure uh and then it went up from there um and while most people know of the sun as a quote main sequence star there are it's a very broad spectrum the main sequence is uh, what does it mean by main sequence? So the, the main sequence is, uh, if you look at it on a chart. Sure. Yeah. Callbacks. Or, or map. Yeah. That. <laughs> uh, a graph, um, uh, a scatter plot of all of the, the types of stars that we know of. Uh, roughly around the middle, there's a nice broad band of average star sizes compared to uh, brightness and density. And that's what's called the main sequence. Okay. So the sun is a main sequence star. So it's, so it's average. That's what you would think. But most stars in the universe are actually red dwarfs. So the sun is more than average. It is a larger than average star. Granted, okay. it is smaller by a long shot than the biggest stars in the universe. But that also means that it gets to be around for a lot longer. Because it's still burning bright. Correct. Right on. I dig it. So because of your uh, past knowledge of all this fun stuff when you're a youngster, you decided to keep on following it uh, into your early adult years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of uh, like my love of Batman. I mean, I would say, yeah, probably about that level. <laughs> right on. Um so which, which points fascinate you the most about space and uh, travel and whatnot? Well, I think one of the most interesting things about space in general is actually how little we really know. Uh, and the more it is that we're finding out about how things work and, and the universe at large, the more we realize we've got a lot more questions that we need to be asking. Um, so just... Uh, Oh, God, what is it? Two years ago now, roughly? Um, the uh, LIGO Observatory detected gravitational waves for the first time. Uh, and what that is, is I'm, I'm going to go into a little bit of physics here, okay. is uh, a ripple, like like if you were to drop a pebble on the surface of, a water, of water, right? And you get the ripples out sure. from that. 
gravitational waves are like those ripples from major events happening. Like what we detected in, in that, at that detection was two black holes colliding. That's intense. Yes. So what that does is it actually creates a ripple in the fabric of space-time itself. What everything is existing inside of, space-time. Gravitational waves are literal ripples in that fabric. Isn't that where uh, some of the spaceships came out of in the Star Trek movie by J.J. Abrams? I mean, condensing and expanding and moving space-time could conceivably create a warp drive. There's actually a, a concept um, called an Alcubierre warp drive. Uh, we don't have anywhere near the level of technology to actually make one of these things, but we have the general physics relatively well figured out. And what it could do would be to condense the space in front of the ship and expand the space behind the ship. Ooh. So the ship could move faster than light, warp speed, without breaking any of the laws of physics. Just by manipulating things around it. By manipulating space-time, which is the stuff that everything is. That's intense. I need to take a second to comprehend. Yeah, it's real heady stuff. But this is, this is what I spend my free time learning is this heady stuff. Now, I will, I will be the first to admit, I'm not a scientist. Uh, I sort of know what I'm talking about, but I can't give you any of the concrete mathematics behind any of these phenomena. I am nowhere near smart enough to figure any of that out. So you're a lover, not an expert. Correct. Right on. I'm, I'm all about that. And fans of James Bonding will also be all about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin Smith. In this case, it's actually uh, Matt, Matt Gorley and Matt Myra. That's a, kind of a nerdist uh, thing. It's, well, I would know that if I listened to that podcast. That's fair. But listening to this podcast is more important. I agree. Mm -hmm. So what other cool things uh, interest you about space and space travel and whatnot? Um, so when we're talking about space and space travel and that kind of stuff... Um, the idea that right now we have technology available to us that could conceivably get a space probe, um, something like the Parker Space Probe that just launched on August 12th uh, that's going to be studying the sun. We could get something like that or like the New Horizons that just f is, is flying out in the Kuiper Belt studying stuff out past Pluto. We could get one of those to Alpha Centauri, which is the closest star to our solar system, approximately four light years away. Right on. We could get something there with the technology we have right now within our lifetimes. We'd be old, but it would get there. Well, maybe by then we'll have some sort of alien race who visits us because we have that technology and they deem us to be worthy. I think that would be cool. I highly doubt that that's what would happen because the technology that we have that would get us there essentially amounts to sending a rocket into space and then detonating small nuclear explosions behind it to accelerate it to a significant portion of the speed of light. What sort of fallout are we talking about after that? Um, well, probably not enough to put us in an fallout game type situation. Okay. But 
This is in outer space, so mostly it's just going to dissipate out into the void, into the vacuum. But if there are any humans out there, they're going to become um, mutants and be able to control things afterwards? Considering the amount of radiation that's already out there in space, probably not. As cool as that might be. We can't have like a real Fantastic Four moment going on? I mean, you know, I probably don't know enough about physics to say yes or no to that question. That's fair. That's fair. I just like to hypothesize. Could the Fantastic Four really, excuse me, really happen? Given enough time and enough technology? Probably. Right on. So what other cool things uh, have you learned about some of the vehicles that have traveled? You said that one just went into space like a couple weeks ago? Yes, August 12th, um, the Parker Space Probe launched from Cape Canaveral right here in Florida. That's not Peter Parker, is it? No, um, it's there's actually an astrophysicist um, that was the very first to coin the term solar wind, which uh, is what we use to describe the ionized particles that are pushed out from the sun's surface that essentially coat the entire solar system. Where that solar wind ends, the, the edge where it meets up with the vacuum energy of the interstellar medium, all of the stuff that makes up space that isn't our solar system, everything inside of that is considered our solar system. That's what our stuff is. So the solar wind is really one of the biggest determinants of where we are. Um, where we are as in, um, as in perspective of the rest of the universe? Where we are as in how big our solar system is, the edges of it, compared to everything else. Okay. Um, fun fact, Voyager 1... Um, V'ger. Yes. Has crossed that boundary and is officially in interstellar space. It is the first man-made object to go into interstellar space it has left the solar system and in a couple of hundred years it'll come back into to home and try to mess with all of our systems and kirk and spock have to save us yes right on star trek the motion picture <laughs> um but the parker space probe um is actually a project that's been uh running for for quite a while now um the initial concept i believe was in 2009 uh, but back then it was just called the Solar Probe. Um, that initial mission was supposed to launch uh, and then do two flybys of Jupiter to get a gravity assist. Now, normally when you hear the gravity assist for any kind of spacecraft or probe or whatever, it's to accelerate, to increase the speed of whatever it is you're doing. Because getting something outside of Earth's gravity it you have to be traveling so fast getting something into the sun is actually harder than getting something out of the solar system so instead of getting a gravity assist to accelerate it would be getting them to decelerate now that project was initially was it was um scrapped under uh george hw bush because the focus of nash has shifted uh, however, it was restarted under the name Solar Probe Plus as a um, solar-powered uh, exploratory probe instead of a nuclear-powered one. Uh, and now it's going to be doing seven flybys of Venus instead of Jupiter. Uh, and that actually provides a couple of benefits. It provides us with a 
longer mission time. It's going to be flying by the sun uh, over the course of, I believe, seven years, which gives us 24 passes through the corona, the outermost atmosphere of the sun, um, which will provide us with more long-term data. Um, whereas the and original- what sort of data are they trying to collect? Is it just random? Is it a- So, as much as we know about um, stars in general, the inner workings and how our sun specifically works, um, while we have learned a lot in recent years, we still have a lot to learn. Um, it's still very difficult for us to say, know exactly how the magnetic fields of the sun are interacting. It's a giant hot ball of plasma. Everything is moving around inside, which creates chaotic uh, magnetic fields that interact with each other. And those interacting magnetic fields can cause all kinds of phenomena, not the least of which are what uh, are referred to as solar flares, which are uh, big jets of, of plasma and stuff for lack of a better term, that come out of the sun and just jet off into space. Kind of like the the road flares where you strike it and it's just a whole bunch of red at the edge. Yes, kind of like that. Um, Now, the thing about those solar flares is that if they're pointed at Earth, if they're strong enough, we're kind of a little bit screwed. Uh, our, our Our electrical grid, the infrastructure there... Um, isn't necessarily strong enough to withstand that much overload of energy because that's what it would be. It would be an energy overload. Um, And transformers would just bust everywhere and we would essentially get dropped back into pre-industrial revolution until we could fix it. Poor Bumblebee. That could take a long time. But what the Parker Solar Probe can do, at least on that front, is give us more data about how the sun works and how those magnetic fields interact, and how solar flares come, so that we can get better predictions. Because we can make predictions now, but we're looking to get better at it. Because if we can get better at it, we can say, hey, this is coming, let's turn off some of this stuff, so that we can make sure that we're not absolutely and totally destroyed when it happens. Or it could give us a a heads up as to accelerate certain um, programs to get the hell off this planet. Right. Um, the other, one of the other cool things that the Parker probe will be doing is actually studying the Corona itself. It's actually one of the least understood parts of the sun. You can't actually see it, uh, unless there is a solar eclipse, like the one that happened last year. Sure. Um, so when that happens and the moon covers the sun, you can actually see the Corona. And the crazy thing about the Corona of the sun is that it is hot. Now the sun is hot, right? But the Corona is millions of degrees hotter which doesn't make any sense because it's an atmosphere the Mm -hmm. surface of the sun should be the hottest part and then the corona that is the stuff that is getting radiated off essentially you would think that as you got further away from the sun it would get cooler you would be wrong it gets hotter much much hotter and we're still not completely sure why so part of what the science that the parker probe is going to be doing is actually diving into the corona to try to figure some of that out. That sounds crazy. I knew if I dove into a corona after nine, I would be falling on my butt because nine coronas would officially be dangerous and you don't want to drink that much. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) 
So, um, so they so they named this probe uh, Parker. It's going to do all sorts of fun traveling around right. the sun. So, where else do you think they need to travel to do some exploratory searching in the atmosphere, or not atmosphere, in a solar system? So, places that I think are deserving of study. Uh, Mars, obviously, but everybody's going to Mars. It's kind of, you know, old hat to say, oh, we should go to Mars. We should. There's definitely no shortage of cool stuff that we can do there. It's like hopping the fence. Like, what's up, neighbor? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, there is a lot of potential for really awesome science. And uh, I know NASA uh, is already planning to go there with another rover. Um, that's the Mars 2020 project. Um, so we will be sending another rover there relatively soon. So we're doing more science on Mars. I think that we should be sending um, orbiters and probes, um, maybe even landers, if we can figure out how to do it, to some of the moons, uh, specifically around Saturn and Jupiter. Uh, Europa and Enceladus, uh, both uh, are purported to have huge oceans under their surface. And one of the biggest components in the search for life is finding places where there is water. So those are really good targets if we want to try to see, hey, maybe there might be life here, or maybe there could have been at one point. Another one that we should probably look at is Titan, which is the largest moon in the solar system. It's actually bigger um, diameter-wise than the planet Mercury. But if you go to Titan, you'd have to watch out for Thanos and all those other yes, individuals. Yes, absolutely, you would. Yeah. Um, but Titan is the only moon, at least that I know of, in our solar system that has its own atmosphere. Right on. Which is crazy and is definitely something that deserves more study. Uh, it also has a weather cycle because it does have an atmosphere. But it's so cold there that unlike on Earth, where our weather cycle is driven by water, the weather cycle on Titan is driven by methane. That's ridiculous. They have oceans... There are oceans of liquid methane on the surface of Titan. And there is methane rain on Titan. It's crazy. That's ridiculous. You don't want to light a match around that one. Absolutely not. No. So if you were to create said probe or ship to go in that direction, yeah. what would you name it? What would I name it? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, if I was sending one to Titan the Saturn moon, I would probably have to come up with some justification to use the acronym Thanos. That sounds like a fun idea. Um, so for you that are out there listening to this, if you could think of what would be the coolest name for a space probe, uh, go ahead and send that to us on Twitter, um, at did you know Ryan O, at Facebook, did you know with Ryan O, or just email it to us at did you know Ryan O at Gmail. Dot com. Uh, now, normally this is a point of the show since we are winding down. I would ask you uh, where people can find you on social medias, but you don't really social media. Not really, no. Uh, I'm a bit of a social media recluse. Um, I follow people on social media, but I don't do a lot of social media-ing on my own. Uh, I have them. They exist. They're not worth following. So if you have any questions for him through us, just has, hashtag them, ask Mason with Ryan O, and I'll try to 
get them in his direction. If you enjoyed yourself, let us know. And that's going to be about it for this week. As we always say, find your awesome, hold on to it, and share it with the world. I've been Ryan O. We'll see you next time.